So over the weekend, former Vice President Mike Pence admitted during interviews that uh, if he is needed, he actually has no problem whatsoever with testifying against Donald Trump in the trial for the most recent indictments, you know, the attempts to overturn the election. Mike Pence, of course, played a crucial role in the indictments themselves, as he is reported to have kept handwritten notes, very detailed handwritten notes about everything Trump asked him, everything Trump's lawyers asked him to do. And it's pretty damning stuff. So after Mike Pence, of course, made his declaration that, uh, he would testify against Donald Trump, Trump lost it. And he got on truth social on Sunday and sent this out. He said, wow, it's finally happened. Little Mike Pence, a man who was about to be ousted as governor of Indiana until I came along and made him VP, has gone to the dark side. I never told a newly emboldened, not based on his 2% poll numbers, Pence to put me above the Constitution or that Mike was, quote, too honest. He's delusional. And now he wants to show me he's a, a show. He's a tough guy. I once read a major magazine article on Mike. It said he was not a very good person. I was surprised, but the article was right. Sad. Oh boy. I don't see how Mike Pence ever recovers from a, from a smackdown like that. Like I once read an article that said he was a bad person. Like, oh no, you've just torpedoed his entire campaign. But Trump was apparently not satisfied with his attack on Mike Pence from Sunday. So yesterday on Monday, he comes out with a new attack against Mike Pence, still sticking by the way, with the little Mike Pence using two D's instead of two T's in little. And he says, I never said anything bad or even slightly inappropriate to little Mike Pence. What I did do was make him over the many people who wanted it vice president of the United States. Disloyalty in politics is alive and well. MAGA. Disloyalty in politics is not a bad thing, by the way. Um, if you're talking about a representative democracy, you know, the, the form of government that we have here in the United States, which yes, it is a representative democracy. Um, you, you want people loyal to the country, not loyal to politicians. Now, if this was an authoritarian regime, you know, a, a true full-blown dictatorship, you wouldn't want loyalty to the leader instead of to the country, which is what Trump wants, which is why he whines about disloyalty. Cause he doesn't want people loyal to a party, loyal to a country, loyal to a set of ideals. He only wants people loyal to him. But here's the other side of this. Donald Trump already got in trouble once for, you know, sending out his threatening post on truth social. If you come after me, I'm going to go after you. Uh, these are also direct attacks on a potential witness against him at trial. Cause Pence already made it clear. You call me to the stand. I'm going to the stand. So he is a potential witness and here Trump is out there attacking him. It may not appear like a threat to you, but in the eyes of the law, any attack on these people trying to demean them, trying to undermine them is an attack, maybe not necessarily on the person themselves, but on both their credibility and their trustworthiness. So that's what Trump is doing. And I do believe that judge Chutkin should take these posts on truth social from Sunday and Monday into consideration as she decides how to further punish him for already in just the span of four days, constantly violating the agreement that he agreed to during the arraignment.
So this past weekend, Mitch McConnell, in his own home state of Kentucky, experienced something that he has likely not experienced in the entire 38 years that he has been serving in the United States Senate. You see, Mitch McConnell gave a speech at the, uh, the 143rd annual St. Jerome fancy farm picnic, right? Big event. You had some Democrats there giving speeches, Republicans giving speeches. Mitch McConnell came out kind of like a headliner. Hey, I've been your Senator for 38 years. Here I am. And he stepped out on that stage to a standing ovation, but soon while Mitch McConnell was speaking, the cheers that he walked out to turned into jeers and Mitch McConnell was soon heckled by the very people who have sent him back to the Senate for 38 years. Chants erupted among the crowd. Uh, one of the chants was shame on you. One of them was ditch Mitch. One time they were chanting retire and one time they were chanting lost the Senate which by the way, that last one chanting, you lost the Senate shows us that it wasn't the liberals in that Kentucky crowd that were only heckling or that were the only ones heckling him. No, 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 no. It's your own people. Again, the people who've been sending you back to that Senate for 38 years, since I was two years old, Mitch McConnell has been serving in that seat and these people are getting sick of it. I mean, honestly, at this point though, guys, it's your fault. Like you keep electing the same person again for most of your lives. And then you're like, why is nothing getting better? Uh, Maybe we got to give them another six years. No, at some point, and I'll get more to Mitch McConnell in a minute, but I, I have to go down this whole tangent. At some point, we have to start blaming the voters themselves. Like y'all are always out there bitching and complaining, like nothing ever gets done in Washington, DC. Well, let me vote back in the same damn people every two years. It's your fault. It's your fault. If you go to the polls every two years for the house, every four years for president, every six years for the Senate, and you're voting for the same SOB to go back to Congress, it's your fault. Nothing gets done. You don't get to sit there and say like, I just approve of Congress. If you're sending the same piece of crap to that office every couple of years, that's on you at that point. Sorry, had to get that out but that's what these people are. That y'all are sitting there complaining about Mitch McConnell. Like he's old. His health is failing. You damn right. His health is failing. You know, he just had that episode during the press conference a couple weeks ago. We found out he's been falling down multiple times throughout the year. According to one staffer fell flat on his face. He's not well. And y'all just sent him back to the Senate. So I understand you want him to retire. He made it clear during his speech, by the way, that he is not going to retire, but maybe next time you shouldn't put the octogenarian back in office. I don't care if they're 78, 79, whatever it is you knew by the time he left office, he would be in his mid eighties. That's on you. The voters have to start taking a little bit of responsibility for sending these pieces of crap back to Washington, DC. It's on you at that point. So there it is. Mitch McConnell deserves every second of the heckling that he received, not because of his health issues, but because of the horrid policies he's been pushing for 38 years that have done absolutely nothing to benefit the people in the state of Kentucky, except for his wealthy donors. He steered millions and millions over the years in projects to those people. 
but it hasn't trickled down to you. He's done nothing about the fact that Kentucky is uh, uh, pretty much at the bottom of the entire country in health statistics. Nothing about that. Nothing to improve the rampant poverty in Kentucky. No, no, no. But finally, the last straw for y'all was not the fact that he's only doing things to benefit the ultra wealthy. The final straw for the voters in Kentucky is that he froze up during a press conference recently. If that's your biggest concern, then y'all clearly haven't been paying attention for the last 38 years. On Sunday, Donald Trump's newest lawyer, John Lauro, the person who, like so many others before him, was supposed to come along and be the adult in the room and Donald Trump's legal team. Guy's got a decent resume, is a pretty good lawyer. And then he joined Trump's team and immediately became just as incompetent as everybody else on Trump's team. Because on Sunday, Mr. Lauro decided to make the rounds on the Sunday morning talk shows. He went on CNN's uh, State of the Union, NBC's Meet the Press, you know, trying to downplay the latest indictment against his client. And in both of those appearances, Mr. Lauro admitted that Trump did do the things that the indictment says he did. He had already actually made the same claim when he went on TV on Friday. He's like, yeah, I mean, he did this thing. But over the weekend, he kind of tried to tighten up his message and he was like, okay, so he did the things, but it's okay that he did it because, you know, we think it's different context than what the indictment says. So, you know, the context of the way he said things totally matters. It doesn't. And the context that Mr. Lauro is trying to sell to people is not the reality, but let me read you what he said. Here's what he said during the first appearance, this one, or maybe as a second, I don't even care, uh, on CNN. He said, asking is aspirational. Asking is not action. It's core free speech. The press should be defending free speech. What president Trump was doing is within the reality and the realm of free speech. He's asking his vice president, what about taking this course of action? Ultimately, his vice president rejected all of the proposals that were made. What president Trump did do, uh, did not do is direct vice president, Mike Pence to do anything. He asked him in an aspirational way, Asking is covered by the First Amendment. Mike Pence is on the record now as saying, Donald Trump's lawyers came to me and told me to do this. And by do this, he meant delay the certification of the Electoral College votes. Sending the legal team in to ask the vice president to delay a congressional action is literally one of the things in the indictment. Like that's one of the things Trump has been indicted for. That's one of the charges. And Mr. Loro's out there like, Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. It's just an ask. We're, we're allowed to ask people. We just can't tell them they have to, you can't direct them, but you can ask them. No, actually you cannot especially when it's part of a broader conspiracy, which of course is exactly what Jack Smith laid out in the indictment. Mr. Loro continued over on NBC and this time talking about Georgia. 
President Trump had every right to ask the Secretary of State, I believe that this election was conducted improperly. There were deficiencies here. I want to see if there are more than 10,000 votes or whatever the number was that were counted illegally. And once again, that's core political speech. <laughs> that wasn't a threat at all. W what he was asking for is for Raffensperger to get the truth. He believed that there were in excess of 10,000 votes that were counted illegally. And what he was asking for is the secretary of state to act appropriately and find these votes that were counted illegally. That was an aspirational ask. He's entitled to petition even state government. So everything that Trump did, Mr. Loro says, yeah, he did it, but he did it aspirationally. Like this is something we should all aspire to, which is where aspirational comes from. We should aspire to not count fraudulent votes that he knew didn't exist. We should aspire to throw out the results of the 2020 election because Trump didn't win. Uh, here's the thing. Let me go ahead and counter what you said on Georgia as well, because he wasn't asking. He was not asking because we've all heard the phone call, you dumbass. He wasn't asking Raffensperger to go find the fraudulent votes and throw them out. He was asking him to go find more votes so that Trump would win. So not only are you wrong with the aspirations, you're literally lying about the context of that phone call that we've heard. My final message to Mr. Loro, please go to court and make these arguments. Please do. I really, truly, from the bottom of my heart, want you to make these arguments in court because you know how it'll go. I know how it'll go. Jack Smith knows how it'll go. And everyone who's been paying attention knows exactly how this will end if you make those arguments. And it's not going to end with Donald Trump walking away saying, ha ha, I beat it. It's going to end with the sound of a metal set of barred doors closing behind a Donald Trump in an orange jumpsuit. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.